You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from Pastor Rhonda. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord is good, isn't he? Glory to God. Are y'all ready for, t- for the word tonight? Amen. Me too. Hallelujah. So, uh, hallelujah. Uh, glory to God. Let's lift up a Kusata. Let's lift up a Kasete. Let's lift. Okay, let's let's do Komota. Let's uh, Bragete. Let's uh, stand up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's lift our hands. Father, we magnify you. We bless you. We're so very grateful. We are so grateful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Glory to God. Yeah, we'll just do it that way. Hallelujah. Thank you. Bansike, Mangucha, Bragete, Masto, Prefendesh, Keban, Dosoto, Prefetes, Gujgit, Nahans, Kebans, Kedets, Kedots, Bragets, Kamats, Kerinks, Kenai, Bastos, Subrits, Kurande, Bastila, Bragate, Soto. So why do you let your soul become downcast? Why do you let your, your life be consumed with the things that you see, the things that you feel, and the things that you hear. It is a time and a season that you must look up. You must sit down in your heavenly seat. You must rule and reign from your heavenly place. So as you set your eyes on things above, as you lift up your voice unto me, your countenance will surely change. Shangwi, Tanghai, Ponghu, Shingha, Tonghu, Ringita, Kompai, Huxkai, Nihai, Ponghu, Nahanski, Shkemote, Pringata, Fongushke. For if you continue to look down, it will continue to grow worse and worse. And grace will no longer abound. So look up, for your redemption draws nigh. Open your mouth and say what I've said about you. Don't be consumed with your thoughts. Don't be consumed with your emotions. But look only unto Jesus, your elder brother, your Lord and master. And the one, Shiktar Hukni Aipuku Nehe Preke Sukdu Ankri Chakna Fongish Kambai Kongkong Klikit. And I've set you as an example, King David. And he said it this way. He said this way. He said that he would hope in me and I need you to hope in me for your joyful confident expectation must be in me and if it is I will not fail you I will not let you down and I will never disappoint you hallelujah glory to God glory to God Come on, let's lift our hands and magnify the Lord together. Father, we thank you. We magnify you. We glorify you. We exalt you. We love you. We honor you. We bless you. We praise you. For you are good and your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, so uh, I wasn't really thinking of, uh, you know, I didn't really know, realize I was going to have. So we had uh, an exhortation of prophecy before and a tongue and interpretation that I was uh, doing my best not to give. And so, uh, but we need to listen. Amen. Come on, hope thou in God. Hallelujah. Is he your joyful, confident expectation? If we're downcast, talking to me as well as you, if we're downcast, we're looking down at what we can see and what we can control. Yeah. 
And that's how your soul gets downcast. You know, um, uh, I don't want to be just known as a mere man. And you don't want to be known as just a mere man or a mere woman. Amen. We're, we're Christians. We're Christ-like ones, seated in heavenly places, far above every principality, power, might, and dominion. You are seated above every, amen. And your words and your, and your praise will determine uh, what happens to you. Come on. And Pastor Ron is going to come in just a second or a minute. And so we're, we're, we're just not done. So if the Lord keeps, that's the second time he mentioned about, you know, he just keeps saying it over and over again. So we need to respond. We need to respond. So whatever you're going through, whatever's causing you to be downcast, you and I, I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to me. We have to make a decision and we're going to grab ourselves by the nap of the neck and we're going to be like King David and we're going to turn around what's going on, hallelujah, with our mouths, with our words, hallelujah. Listen, I just sense right now, as you just lifted up praise, I sensed angels come into this room. I sensed angels come into this room. The Bible says angels heart and to the voice of the word of God. They need you to say something. They need you to say what the word says. My God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. The heathen are my inheritance. Hallelujah. The prodigals are coming home. Go get them and bring them in. Hallelujah. Come on, let's rejoice in him. Father, we rejoice in you. We're exceedingly glad in you. We lift up our eyes. We lift up our countenance unto the living God. Hallelujah. No longer consumed by what we see, what we hear, the reports of this world. We look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. I believe your report. I believe your report. I believe your report. Your arm is not shortened. Your hand is wide open. Hallelujah. 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 You're my father and you've never failed us. You've never let us down. You cannot lie. So because you could swear by no greater, you swore by yourself that by two immutable things, it's impossible for you to lie and you will not fail us and you will not let us down. Hallelujah. I trust you. I trust you. We trust you. We trust you. We trust you. We trust you. Something not working in your body, talk to it right now. Something not working in your body, you talk to it right now. Come on. You talk to it right now. Well, Pastor Mark, you talk to it. No, you talk to it. It's your body. You talk to it. You talk to it. Talk to your knees. Talk to your, the organs. Talk to your heart. Talk to your blood pressure. Come on. Talk to your mind. Talk to your soul. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Talk to your dreams. Talk to your dreams. Your children not acting right? You don't have to talk to them. Talk to God about it. Then you can talk to them later. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. Ha 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 ha
something not working? Jesus answered the fig tree, and you need to answer it. If it's your emotions, answer them. If it's your body, answer it. If it's your checkbook, answer it. If it's your career, answer it. If whatever's going on, answer it. Answer it. Answer it. Answer it. Talk to it. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We look unto Jesus, the author. Come on, he who began a good work in you will complete it. He didn't just get you started to leave you hanging. Come on, he's not going to leave you hanging. He's not going to leave you hanging. He who began a good work. You didn't even start this. You didn't start this. This wasn't your bright idea. This was his bright idea. Hallelujah. He went after you. He went after you. Before you went after him, he went after you. Hallelujah. Before he went after, come on, he went after you. He sought you. How do I know that? I know that because of the Garden of Eden. I know that if he wanted to leave you alone, he would have left Adam and Eve alone. He sought you. He looked for you. He called for you. He sent people across your path. He began a good work in you. And he will bring it to completion. Hallelujah. 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 He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and he is the end. Hallelujah. We look to Jesus. We look to you, Lord. Amen. 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 There's just something about when you open your mouth and be grateful. It opens the door to things, and then, then it'll inspire you to speak the word. Come on. It'll inspire you to speak the word. And when you do that, the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. Hebrews 13, 15 says, by him, let us offer the sacrifice. What is that sacrifice? The sacrifice there is highest and best. Because it's written to uh, Hebrews, is written to Jews who understand they understood the covenant. And the highest and best is don't bring me a broken down lamb. Don't bring me a spotted lamb. Bring me the best. And then they were trained that way. And he said, by him, by the Holy Ghost, let us offer the sacrifice. What is that? The highest and best. What is the highest and best? The fruit of your lips, giving thanks unto his name. That is the highest and best. And when you do that, why is that the highest and best? Because God operates with words. He needs words. The devil needs words, but God needs words. And if you give him his words back, he has something to work with. Amen. Amen. Somebody let me help you just a minute. Because see, I, I, I fall into this trap and I do it too. Is see, sometimes you learn not to speak negative. And so we put our hand over our mouth. Have you ever, anybody ever heard Opal teach about that? Put your hand, and that's good. But I got really good at that. Put my hand over my mouth and I said nothing because I didn't want to say anything wrong. But the Lord said nothing times a million is nothing. He comes for your words, and if he can't find them, there's nothing to perform. You've, you've got to say what the word says. You don't have to know every scripture, but whatever is going on in your life, find at least one. And I be, think you'll be surprised at how many you really know. If you've been hanging out at Cornerstone Word of Life Church, you know some word. 
You know some word. And you'd be surprised when you start thanking him what will start flowing up out of your heart. And you may not know all the addresses. It's good to know the addresses. But, it, but, but you can learn those, and it's good to know them, uh, especially when you're helping other people. But just let the word, just let it come up out of your heart. Amen? Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. I'm telling you, as we roll into November and December, you know, it's been a great year of Jubilee. I've heard testimony after testimony. And and guess what? Some of you've got some testimonies still. Some things are happening. And I think some people, um, you know, um, misinterpret. (laughs) They think, well, you know, if it's the year of Jubilee, nothing should ever be going wrong. Well, you haven't been hanging out on the earth very long, have you? (laughs) I mean, it just means you win. And double for your trouble. And you're more than a conqueror. And you're an overcomer in this life. And he always causes you to triumph. Amen. Because so all those indicate that there's a battle. All those indicate there is something going on. But you win. Come on. Say, I win. Come on, say it like you mean it. I win. Why do you win? Because you're more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer. He always causes me to triumph. He always causes me. Come on, just don't quit. Come on. There's no scripture that says you can quit now. There's no scripture that says give up now. There's no scripture that says stay home and pull the shades down and be sad and be quiet. There are no scriptures for that. There are no scriptures for that. Amen. Come on. You just keep putting one foot in front of the other. You keep rejoicing. You keep magnifying God because you always win. You always win. You always win. He always causes you to triumph. He always causes you to win. He always causes you to win. I'm more than a conqueror. I overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. How are we going to get to the end? Jesus is your end. Jesus is your end. Jesus is your end. Amen. He is. And he'll cause you to win. He's got great plans for you. Plans and a future. An expected end. Not a haphazard end. Not let's see if we can get there at the end. No, he's got an expected end for you. He's got a point of arrival for you. Amen. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Ordered. And he orders your steps into victory. He orders your steps into victory. He orders your steps every day. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. Hallelujah. I've never seen the righteous. What, what am I saying? The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Amen. He's not going to let you down. If he upholds this world with his words and his word is on the inside of you because Jesus Jesus is on the inside of you. Jesus is the word made flesh and he dwells in us and he's among us. And I'm telling you, you you cannot fail with Jesus on the inside of you unless you just choose not to yield to him and yield to the word. You can do it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody shout glory. (laughs) Tell your neighbor you're a winner. Uh, do you want to give an introduction? <laughs> uh, your Pastor Ron is going to come, I think. 
We'll see what happens. You got something? Come on. Before I get to my sermon, I want to piggyback off of what he was talking about just a minute ago. You know, I was uh, doing a session in the ladies' meeting on worry. And I said something that I'd never really thought about before, and that is this. The world has no hope. No confident, joyful expectation of anything changing or happening on their behalf. But if we ever feel hopeless, all that means is you've not got God up in the middle of it like you should. You've not given something to him. You've not taken something to him if you feel hopeless. Because when he's all up in the middle of it, there is no hopelessness. There is no hopeless situation. Because he is the God of all hope. He is the God of all hope. Nothing is too hard for him. Amen, amen. Well, y'all can go ahead and have a seat and I'll get to what I prepared all day. I might as well. Unless you got something else. Just never know what's going to happen around here, do you? Yay, God. Thank you, sir. If you could take my elbow, that'd be great. Thank you. All right. The title of my sermon tonight is Redeeming Time. We've spent several months now establishing the fact that we are indeed living in the last of the last days. Now that we know where we are in history, we can act in accordance with what's proper given that fact. And we talked last week about how in these last days, Father God wants us footloose and fancy free. Ha, 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 ha. Woo! So that, like Muhammad Ali, we can float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. When the devil comes at us, amen? He doesn't want you bound up with the things of this world. He doesn't want your feet all tangled up where you can't run with the plan of God. He wants you foot loose and fancy free. And we must be mindful that our time is limited. Really, time is something we should be mindful of regardless of whether or not we're in the last of the last days. How many of you know as human beings we are finite? We have a start And we will have a finish to the days we have living in these bodies on the earth. Whether that finish comes because of death or because Jesus is coming back for his church. There's a finite time that we have here to do what we need to do. And I don't believe that there's a set time for everyone to die. Matter of fact, I know scripturally that's not so. There's not some cosmic plan that's picked a date for you already. There's not some lottery system in the sky. And when your number's up, your number's up. How many of you know that's not how it is? There's a lot in the scriptures that talk about things we can do that will lengthen our life and things we can do that will shorten our life. Really, how long we live is in a lot of ways up to us and to the decisions we make while in this body. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you want to know what those things are that you can do to lengthen and shorten your life, study it out. But whether our days on earth end by death or the second coming of Christ, each of us has a finite number of days. There was a start, 
and there will come an end to our days on the earth. I think it's so interesting that all of humanity, whether born again or not born again, whether rich or poor, we all have the same commodity of time. We, everybody has it in equal measure. Everybody gets 24 hours in a day. More than any other commodity, time is valuable. Listen, it's all we have really. Life is time. It is. Like any commodity though, time can be spent in worthwhile pursuits or squandered and wasted. Every human being on the earth gets the same 24 hours in a day. But it's what we do with those hours, this commodity of time, that determines what our life is like. How many of you know all of us, our lives are different. We're at different stations in life. Uh, different, uh, uh, I don't know what to say. We're on different trajectories. Uh, what, it, what determines a lot of that? The decisions we make on how to spend the commodity of time that God gave us. Time is the ultimate commodity. You're faced every day with the issue of how you're going to use the 24 hours allotted to you this day. And the moment your eyes open, the clock begins to tick. It is what we do with this great commodity that determines our life here on earth and really determines how eternity is for us after this life is over. Time is critical. Time is life. It's everything. You know, Jim Elliott was a missionary in Ecuador, and he said this, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. You cannot keep time. You cannot keep your life. But you can use it to lay up eternal treasure in heaven. You can use what you can't keep to gain that which you'll never lose. Guys, I'm going to throw in a scripture. Matthew 6, 19 and 20 out of the King James. Matthew 6, 19 and 20. It's a race to see if they get it up or if I get in my Bible first. Oh, poo, they won. I mean, yay, they won. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. Verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. The treasure you have down here can be taken away by a thief. But the treasure that you lay up there is safe. The devil can't get to it. Glory to God. It goes ahead of you and it waits on you. Glory to God. I want us to look at Ephesians 5, 15. Out of the King James. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. What does it mean to walk circumspectly? According to my Merriam-Webster's Dictionary app on my phone, circumspect means to carefully consider all circumstances and possible consequences 
or prudent. We're to live carefully, considering all circumstances and possible consequences, and live prudently. Let's look at that scripture in the Amplified. He said, look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately. Let's stop right there. We should live every day purposefully. We use our time on purpose and with purpose. Like money, time is another commodity that can either be invested or wasted and squandered, thrown away. Time, you can invest your time. Uh, uh, how, many, uh, how many of you wish you'd invest a little more money? Man, I wish when we were first married, we was living on love. And I, I wish we'd have had some money to buy up some of them cotton fields that are now subdivisions. And, you know, we probably could have got it for a song all those years ago, but we didn't even have a song. We had obedience and love, and that's what we lived on. But like money, time can be invested or it can be wasted. One of the wonderful things about our country is that it doesn't matter as much where you start out in life as it does how you spend the time you have in that life. In other words, someone who chooses to invest their time in education and in working hard will get a lot further in this life than those who spend their time watching TV and doing recreational drugs. Are you with me? Both groups have the exact same 24 hours in a day. But their use of that time determines whether they'll be on an upward or a downward trajectory. We're to live purposely, on purpose and with purpose. What is the purpose of this day? We have it. It's here. How are we going to use today with purpose? Y'all okay? You want me to get Pastor Mark back up here? Now you know what the Lord was doing. A spoonful of sugar helps. Not that it's medicine, but it's just a reminder from the Holy Ghost broadcast system tonight. These are the last of the last days. We should live them with purpose. There should be purpose in everything that we do because the time is short. How many of you know if you have just a little bit of time left with someone you love, you try to make every minute of that time count? And I'm telling you, one way or another, this thing's coming to an end. And we have X number of days. We have a finite amount left. And we need to make sure that we use them purposefully. Ephesians 5.15 out of the Amplified Classic. Look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily. We are told to live worthily or in a manner worthy of the high status bestowed on us when we became sons and daughters of the Most High God. Listen, the moment you were born again, you became a son or a daughter of the Most High God. How then should you live? How many of you know the son or a daughter of a king? They don't spend their life pursuing uh, other things to the expense of someone else. 
Why? Because they got everything they need. They're not jealous of anybody else. They're confident in who they are. A son or the daughter of the king. We're to live this life worthily. Worthy of our status as sons and daughters of the most high God. As a son or daughter of the Most High, you have a high position, a high calling, an unlimited potential. Now, are we living up to that? Does how we spend our time every day match the high position and high calling we have? And will it put us on an upward trajectory to fulfill our unlimited potential? Or are we squandering our time in pursuits that are unworthy of the price Christ paid for us. All of us, regardless of when we die or when the Lord comes back, we have a set number of days. In other words, when you get to the end, you can go back and count how many of them there were. So whether that's thousands and thousands of days or whatever it ends up being, uh, how many of you know today you traded one of your days for what you did today. You have a set number, a limited number, and you traded one of them for what you did today. Was it worth it? Did you use it wisely? Listen, we all have to work. How many of you know, it says in 2 Thessalonians 3.10, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Therefore, we all have to work and clean our homes. And go to the grocery store. Cook meals. And do all of the other ordinary things we do in a day. I'm not telling you to quit your job and become a monk. I am saying you can live purposefully and worthily for the king while doing all of the ordinary things that we all do every single day. Are you with me? Our city and our country, they need godly engineers and rocket scientists and Godly stay-at-home mothers, and Lord knows we could use some godly grocery shoppers. And <laughs> godly people in traffic and in line. What I'm saying is live every day purposefully, worthily, no matter what you're doing. And life is full of ordinary things that would make up an extraordinary life. You know, sometimes we think life is made up of those huge moments, but it's not. It's made up of the everyday ordinariness that we sometimes take for granted. Ephesians 5.15 again out of the Amplified. Look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully, worthily, and accurately. 
accurately, according to my Merriam-Webster dictionary app, means conforming exactly to truth or to a standard, going to, reaching, or hitting the intended target. I, uh, last time I was in Colorado, uh, I did a ladies' meeting for them about six years ago or so. I don't know how long it was, but I talked to their mops group, Mothers of Preschoolers. And I used that scripture out of the Old Testament about how uh, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children, uh, you know, uh, uh, that way in your hand. In other words, how many of you know a mighty man when he draws his arrow and he puts it in his bow? What is he doing? He has a target in mind. How many of you know if, if, uh, if he just put that arrow in there and he just shot it every which way, how many of you know he's not going to get anything done? Not only that, he has to put that arrow in there and then use his strength to draw back that string so that when he releases it, the arrow flies to the intended target. If you don't put your strength into it, you just put the arrow there and then release it. How many of you know the arrow's going to go womp? My point with all that is you got to put your uh, strength behind your children. You got to use your strength behind them to steer them in the right direction. Your prayers to make sure that things are on track. Your effort to train them up in the ways of God. You can't just let them grow up and hope it works out. Then you have to point them in the direction they should go. And listen, the direction they should go is not necessarily in the direction of your own unfulfilled dreams. Well, I could never be a great football player, but they can, and bless God, they are. <laughs> Whether they want to or not. Reminds me of those people who have their kids at Disney World. We're going to have fun. Do you hear me? We are going to have fun. We have worked too hard and come too far for us not to have fun. You're going to have fun. <laughs> I used to work there, I know. Just because you couldn't be a ballerina doesn't mean she wants to work at the New York City Ballet. No, we should figure out their gifts. It says raise up a child in the way they should go. They should go. Look for the grace. Look for the anointing. Look what, for the gifts that God has put on the inside of them. What is their destiny? Then you point them that direction. If you have no goal, you'll hit nothing. What do we want them to be? And I have no idea why I'm on this. It ain't even in my notes. We want them to be responsible, godly, independent. We can give them both roots and wings. We can give them both an anchor and wings. Who 
do you want them to be? Not, not necessarily, I mean, I'm talking more character traits than career. Then work to put those character traits in them. But you can also look for the grace and help them find their way. Listen, the Lord told me before she was born that my daughter, part of her gifting was in the arena of music. So I started her in music before she was a year. We took a mommy and me music class before she was a year old. Matter of fact, we took mommy and me music classes till she was three and could start piano. At age three, I started her in piano lessons. I was giving her, and I told her this several times over her childhood as I was getting ready to beat her <laughs> for not practicing. I am giving you the gift of music. And it's a gift I know you don't appreciate right this moment, but someday you're going to appreciate this gift. And I have to tell you, and I really didn't beat her over not practicing, but too much. When she was about 14 or 15, he's laughing because he knows. When she was about 14 or 15, she came back to me and she said, thank you. You were right. Thank you for the gift of music. And it really, I don't even know. She doesn't even know what she's going to use it for totally yet. But I, but I, I pointed her based on what God said about her. And I put my effort behind it and my money and my time and my ears. <laughs> One time they sent home a paper when she was like in the first or second grade and they said, let them count and just see how high they can count. Then I had to fill out a piece of paper for the teacher. How far did they count? How far could they go? I wrote on there, good Lord, I don't know how far she could go. I got bored around 700. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Um, but my point is this. What is our intended target? What are we trying to do with our time? What, are, what should be uh, uh, the goal? Where, where, what are we aiming for? I would say our target is to live as sons and daughters of the Most High, purposefully and worthily, and to the best of our ability to live each day utilizing the time God has given us to achieve His greatest purpose for us in this life. In the Amplified, it says, look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. Time is the most valuable commodity and really the only commodity we have. Are we using it wisely and for the highest good? 
And I say time is the only real commodity because uh, we have because we spend our time to get the other commodities that we need. That is what a job is, you know. It's us giving our time and our effort and our talents in exchange for yet another commodity, which is money. But you can have great sums of money and it mean nothing. So much of our world and its system is based on this one commodity of money. People give their lives and their full attention to the acquiring of it. Not realizing, listen to me, not realizing they are spending their greatest commodity, time, in exchange for a lesser commodity, money. Now, do we need money? We do. How many of you like to eat? How many of you like to sleep in the warmth? Have a roof over your head? A comfortable bed to sleep in? Personally, I don't think I'd do well under a bridge. We need money because it's how this world system works. But we also have to be mindful of how much money or how much time we're spending in pursuit of money. Listen, if that's all you ever think about 24 7, 365, you're in trouble. Because money's never going to make you happy. Money's never going to make your life worthwhile. You can have great sums of money and come to the end of your life full of regrets because you squandered time. Pastor has said this to us many times. We have never seen anyone at the end of their life saying, I wish I'd worked more. Or I wish I had that larger house or that more expensive car. No, what do they say? I wish I had spent more time with my family. I wish I had fulfilled or pursued the plan of God for my life. Listen, time is linear. There's a beginning to our time on the earth, and there will be an ending. But once our life or our time on earth begins, it keeps moving forward in one direction. What is my point? You can never go back and redo or relive the moments of your life. All we have is today. All we have is this moment. Rick Renner said it this way. He said, it's true that the way we utilize our money is a measuring rod of what we value most in this life. Let me just pause right here and say, pastor said that for years in his sermons, maybe years ago, I can look in your checkbook and see what's important to you. See where your heart is. Rick goes on to say, Rick Renner goes on to say, but although financial stewardship is important, the way we spend our time is even more important. For example, many wealthy moguls will ignore their families for weeks, months, and even years, and then try to buy the affections of their loved ones with money and material wealth. 
This is rarely, if ever, a successful undertaking. It seems that no amount of money they spend can compete with spending their most precious commodity, time, on the ones they love. Time is one of our most valuable resources. Listen, this is what Rick Renner goes on to say. Money can be replaced. Financial shortfalls can be made up in the following quarter or the fiscal year. But nothing can replace time. Once it's gone, it's gone forever. I want us to go back and look at our scripture. Ephesians 5.15, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. To redeem means to buy back. And in this scripture, he says we can redeem or buy back time. Glory to God. Listen, that ought to make some of you pretty happy who've been sitting here squirming in your seat. Pastor Rhonda, I haven't always done well with my time. No, you may not have. But that scripture says you can redeem the time. Redeem means to buy back. To buy back that which you've already lost. In the Amplified, it says, Ephesians 5.15, Amplified Classic. Look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurate. Accurately, not as the unwise and the witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Listen, we've all wasted time and missed opportunities. There is so much in this earth that vies for our time and attention. Things that are not inherently bad in and of themselves, but things that will steal our time and attention from what is truly important if we let it. Hebrews 12.1. Hebrews 12.1. I'm throwing the guys upstairs a wrinkle. Hebrews 12.1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. How many of you know the saints that have gone on before? Your family, but also just the saints as a whole. That they're looking on. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Listen, some things are sins, but there's some things that aren't sin. They're just weights. The Bible says to throw them off so we can run. So how do you redeem or buy back time? Listen, not by going back and reliving or redoing what is already done because we can't do that. But we can redeem the time by using the time we have today in pursuit of what is really important. The scripture says, look carefully how we walk. Live purposefully, worthily, and accurately, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity that we have. The deal is this. You don't want to wait until your deathbed to try to start living this way because then the time will be passed. How many of you know in your deathbed there's going to be very few opportunities that you can take advantage of to make things right and to do things better. So let's start now. So let's start now.
Let's start changing now, using the opportunities we have now. Let's invest our time in what really matters and stop wasting it on things that don't. Verse 16, making in the Amplified, Ephesians 5, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. How many of you know it's time for us to get after the will of the Lord? And he said, we have to pursue that instead of just being vague and, and thoughtless and careless about how we live. God has a plan laid out for you. He's got things for you to do that will lay up eternal treasure for you in heaven and give you a life of meaning and significance here in the earth. But you've got to pursue that. You've got to go after that. The time is short. Jesus is coming soon. It's time for us to get after it. It's time for us to get after it. If we are indeed living in the last of the last days and our study indicates that we are, then time and its use becomes even more critical for us. How many of you know we don't have 20, 30, or 40 years to putz around and waste time because we know that the end is coming and Jesus is coming soon? So my admonition for you this night is let's get after it. Let's live with no regrets. Let's live with no regrets. Let's put our time where it's most important to be put, which is in our relationship with him. Listen. All these people that you talk to on Facebook, that one way or another, it's all going to come to an end. But you're going to be with him forever. That's a relationship you need to be investing in. You know, I was um, involved in somebody's life before they went home to be with the Lord and As the time was approaching, they were fearful. And I think the deal is this. I think they were fearful because they didn't spend time with him. Because they didn't feel like they really knew him. They knew they were born again, but they never really spent the time to get to know him and to fellowship with him. And so in some ways it was almost like going home with a stranger. even though he wasn't because they were born again. Listen, we, ought, that's, we need to put our time where it's most critical, where it's most important in these last days. It, if, if you were having to say goodbye to someone you love and they were going to be gone without contact for a year or, or, or two years or whatever it is, how many of you know you'd want to use every moment leading up to that time and you, you would care about every single second and what was happening in that time and in that moment? Use the time that you now have. Go after him. Give him your attention. 
Seek his will for your life. What has he called you to do? He wants to give you a life so significant. I think one of the saddest things or one of the sadder things for me is somebody, like if we do a funeral and the person is, you know, 70, 80, however many years old, and nobody has anything to say about them. I know sometimes it's hard for people to put their thoughts together at such a time. But I'm telling you, I want to live a life of impact. And I want you to live a life of impact. We all have the same 24 hours a day. How you're using them will will affect your trajectory, whether up or down. Live with no regrets. Let's live with no regrets. So that regardless of when he comes, we'll be ready. How do we live with no regrets? Let's go after God. Let's put our, uh, uh, what's really important in the place of most importance in our life. Let's love our families and appreciate them. And sow our time and our love into them. Because, you know, life is short. Life is short. Say what you need to say. This day, you have the time to say, I'm sorry. If you weren't there for your kids, as long as there's breath within you, you have the opportunity to make up for that. Time is the most valuable commodity we own. We can spend it or we can invest it. So, Father, I couldn't tell it by the looks on their faces, but I know you gave me this message. And so I'm asking you in Jesus' name to help us. Father, help us to do that which is most important, that which is most lasting. Help us to invest at least some time every day in kingdom pursuits so that we are laying up treasures in heaven and not just laying up treasures in the earth. Father, we, we have time that we can redeem whether that be while we're running the vacuum or while we're washing the dishes or while we're cooking supper or while we're driving in the car. Father, even the busiest of us have time that we can invest in your kingdom and in what matters most. And I'm asking you, Father, to help us to remind us to do just that. Father, what a shame to live and to die and to have no treasure in heaven. To live and to die in pursuit of 
things that are of lesser value than others. I ask that you help us, Father, to sort out the things that are most important and to use the time that we have left in pursuit of those things because we know you're coming soon. We know, Father, that our time is limited and none of the things that have no heavenly value will be of any use to us when this life is over. So, Father, we want to invest in that which is most important to you, that which is most important in this life. And I thank you that you help us to evaluate the things we do in the day so that we can put it in the proper place. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Anything you want to add? Got another tongue? Hallelujah. Just real quick. One of the things I was sitting over there, the Holy Ghost said, one of the great things about tithes and offerings because um, is you spend time to earn money and you're really tithing a 10% of your time. And if the Lord said to me, while well, I sit over there, because somebody seemed to be confused about, well, am I supposed to be blessed? Am I supposed to work hard? What is it? Yeah. But if when you put things in God's system, you take things from a timed realm and put them in a timeless realm. And so where you're working for eight hours, he can pay you for 16. If, if, if the favor of God will come upon you. And so your tithing needs even is giving God your time. And so what does he do with your time? Well, he'll give it to you, multiply it, shake it down, press it, run it over, and give it back to you. And that may be in dollar, but there's a whole lot of things that work there. But one of the things I kept hearing over and over in my heart is tell them, yes, I want them to be blessed. But what Pastor Ron was saying is the utmost importance. But really, even money being time, if you give it to him, if you tithe it to him, if you offer it to him, he puts his supernatural on it and gives it back to you. When you tithe, uh, he opens things up to you. And so you're not really working anymore by the sweat of your brow. You're working by the favor of God. You're working by the hand of God. And that's why you can be blessed to be a blessing. Amen. And so, but you know, but you take the difference between a believer who does it that way and an unbeliever who just works, 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 and works. But you and I are not going to stay in that. We're going to make sure that we're, we're, that's why we're tithing. Just, I'll just say it again, the way he said it to me. Tell them when they tithe and when they give their offerings, they're taking from their timed realm and they're putting it in a timeless realm where he can then multiply it. Amen? All right. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday morning, 9 or 11. You're dismissed. We hope you're inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you, and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.